the following podcast has been paid for by Perched on the Top Rope. to perch down the top rope it's me it's me i am your host former dirt sheet writer from sports kita and ringside news i almost didn't want to say that lee walker joining me is our perched analyst he goes everywhere he does everything if it's wrestling involved he's there after all he owns the impact rebellion ring skirt from this year, Justin Largitoe. And we also have from Perch Gaming, if you're a WWE 2K fan, you can watch Alex on Twitch at Perch on the Top Rope, Alex Todd. And we also have a very special guest with a friend of mine. We used to work together on Long Island, as he says it was the worst job in the world, and I have to agree. Sorry, not really. He's the owner of the Facebook page, Ramblings of a Wrestling Fan, John Lugo III. John, how you doing, my man? I'm great, Lee. How are you? I am doing fantastic. Alex, Justin, how you guys doing? I'm doing I'm great. Good. Oh, oh, okay. So we decided oh. you're going to talk first from now on. That's fair. That's fair. All right. You know, he okay. introduced me first. Okay. All right. Go ahead, then. I'm I'm good, Lee. Uh, you know, here on this uh, WrestleMania perched on the top rope episode, because you know if you put WrestleMania in front of a title, it makes it a bigger deal. Well, I guess you got me there. Maybe you did have something better in line to uh, introduce yourself tonight. I'm doing fine, man. Just got out of work a little while ago. It was a little bit of a late day today, so, you know, this is what it is, but I'm excited to talk about wrestlemania backlash that's what we're here to talk about mainly tonight and i've got a couple topics that i want to talk about that kind of do actually slightly pertain to that pay-per-view as well hey i'm all for wrestlemania backlash i mean i would personally call it rematch backlash Mm -hmm. because that's literally what this pay-per-view is johnny how do you feel about WrestleMania backlash. We'll get into the card in a second, but without 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 spoilers, because around here we're spoiler free is the way to be. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. We're a little lenient <laughs> on the rules. How you feeling about this pay-per-view? Um, it's a little bland. Um, I think it's it's all it's all rematches. Um, but then again, they've uh They've done a lot of pay-per-views where the card hasn't looked that strong on paper, and then they put it out there, and the guys are professionals. The guys can work, and they go out, and they have great matches. So it's one of those cards where on paper it doesn't look too great, but it might wind up surprising us. Justin, how do you feel about it, my man? Uh, yeah, like you said, Lee, this should be a WrestleMania rematch, the name of the pay-per-view, because that is about 90% of what I'm seeing on this card. Uh, I actually considered going to this show because it's not too far from me. But, of course uh... you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
the, you know, I I just saw all these matches in Dallas last month, so you know, I'm, <laughs> I just don't see the reason. I'm but, actually uh, going to the uh, go home show tomorrow at um at a Nassau Coliseum here here in Long Island. Oh, nice! I didn't even yeah. know SmackDown was in Nassau tomorrow. Yep. Justin's like, huh? I wonder if I should go buy a ticket and go. (laughs) (laughs) Justin, it's only three hours away. Yeah, I'll be raw on Monday. I'm good. Yeah, Johnny, I don't, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if Lee has uh, explained this to you yet, but just about any show that was in that is within about like a three or four hour drive of Justin, he'll buy the tickets every time he'll go to the show. Almost any of them that close. Yep. Great. It just started a few months ago too. It's, it wasn't even like an all time thing. <laughs> no, but now it's a now it's a present day thing. Yeah, no, uh Justin going off of what you said. Well, and you know, what you said as well. Um there's well, for starters, there's only six matches on this card that have been announced. There was an additional tag team match before, but we'll get into that later. Uh there's six matches on this card and only two of them didn't happen at WrestleMania. And that's the Happy Corbin Madcap Moss match and the six-man tag team match. So, like, in Justin's case, you just went and paid that much money to go to WrestleMania itself. Probably paid a decent amount of money to go to that show altogether and see these matches. Why would you go pay pay-per-view prices again to go see a show in person where, like, 90% of the card is the same exact card? Yeah, and... uh Looking at the, I looked, I did look at the ticket prices too recently, and I don't know who the hell Rhode Island thinks they are, but they wanted like <laughs> as much of as as much of a ticket as it was for one night of WrestleMania. So <laughs> it was like two hundred bucks at least. They're like, damn it! While we're putting on the same matches as WrestleMania, I guess we have to charge the same amount too. Rhode Island be fancy, like whoa! All right then. <laughs> Uh, wow, no, the I yeah the uh uh-uh, no no no. All right, Lee Walker, ladies and gentlemen, a man well, of few words. Thank you. Well, the the cool part about this is John is actually going to be able to see one of these matches on the card tomorrow. He will also see a match that is going to be Drew McIntyre taking on Roman Reigns. I don't know if that's like a subtle hint of who Roman will be feuding with next, but uh, John, you'll have to let us know on your Facebook page, ramblings of a wrestling fan, how that match turns out. I absolutely will. Um, I'm, I'm excited for the, for the show. Um, they're advertising Cody Rhodes. Uh, so that's going to be one of the matches. Um, they're advertising him and Seth Rollins and um yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that one. Yeah, I am too. And speaking of that, we know it's on the Go Home Show, but let's get right down to WrestleMania Backlash, shall we? And why not start off with that match? Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins. I personally thought this was a great way to bring Cody in a great person for him to feud with, even though y'all know I'm not a Seth Rollins fan. The tables are turning. I'm starting to become a fan. I'm finally 
starting to like Seth Rollins. This thing that he's got going on, I don't want to say character, but this persona that he has right now, it's just awesome. It's just, it's, it's who I think he probably is in real life when he's at home being a goofball. You know what I mean? Right. And, and the clothing works. I don't want to say like a Conor McGregor S kind of like what they have Becky Lynch doing, mm-hmm. but it is, it is just awesome. And he's, he is so much better in my opinion on the mic now than in years past. And it's working. He's hot. He's a great heel. And it's a perfect, perfect first feud for Cody to start. And I think out of all the matches that are on this card, this one has had probably one of the better builds. I would like to see Seth Rollins win this and we get a rubber match. And I'm going to start with John to start us off in rotation. John, who do you have and why? I definitely agree with your sentiment, first off, about Seth Rollins. Um, I was not a fan of Seth Rollins. They kept on trying to do the baby face thing with him, and it just wasn't working every single time. I was at WrestleMania 35 at MetLife Stadium, where they opened up with him and Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. And uh, after that, it was clear that they were trying to push Seth Rollins as as the guy. and it just fell flat because Seth Rollins was just not that guy. Seth Rollins is 10 times better as a heel. Um, I love this version of him, but with that said, I still think that Cody Rhodes is going to win this. It's, it's really, it's the first pay-per-view match that Cody is advertised for. And it's clear that, they want to build him up as a credible threat to Roman Reigns. They're definitely going to do Cody versus Roman Reigns somewhere down the line. I don't know if it's going to be soon. Uh, knowing WWE, they might try to rush it and try to do it at a pay-per-view soon sometime this year. I'd like to see them maybe stretch it out into next year if they could and kind of keep on building Cody. Um, but with that said, it's really um, Cody is still um, I mean, he's been there before, but this version of Cody is still so new to the system that I just don't see him losing right now. So I'm going to go with Cody on this. All right. I like that with they're definitely going to have him in Roman because in a recent interview, he did bring up that if and or when becomes champion he would like to bring the eagle wing championship back which is my personal favorite since it's from my era of wrestling that's everybody's personal favorite <laughs> it it should be and if it's not i, I it should be it, it's the best championship i have one because i mean i i have to and if that happens in wwe shop puts one up for sale yeah, I'm 100% buying it right away. No questions asked. I don't even want to look at the price. I'll look at it once I'm done. Alex, Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins, who do you have and why? Okay, so um, unlike, you know, 
your guys' stance on Seth Rollins. You know me. I've always been a big Seth Rollins fan. Um, mine just kind of comes from I've I've he's one of the few guys I've watched since his early Ring of Honor days, back when he was performing as Tyler Black. Um, so I've always been a Seth Rollins fan. I think, uh, John, to go off of what you had said about how they were trying to push Rollins back around WrestleMania 35 and with him being the guy, I think part of that also had to do with the fact that for a while there, they were in a funk with Roman being out with his leukemia at the time. Um, so, you know, they had to come up with something. I think his more recent, uh, face turn at the beginning did better than when they tried to have like all three members of the shield baby face, like back in, what was it? 2014. Um, however, he's on another level with this heel character he's got right now. He's, he's had some really good heel characters over the year between when he was in the shield, when he was with the authority, but this, even, even when he first turned heel this time, when he was doing the Messiah gimmick, the, the drip God gimmick takes the cake. He is on another level right now. So much so that, He's actually being cheered, but to go off of John's sentiment as well, Cody Rhodes is being skyrocketed to the top. Um, you can't have him lose this quickly into coming back, not to mention that this feud between him and Seth has actually taken a personal twist now with Seth making comments about Dusty. Like, you know, when it comes to a storyline with Cody, when you watch the storylines in AEW, that's something you don't do. You don't bring up Dusty in any sort of disrespectful manner. So they've got the revenge angle going into this. So there's absolutely no way that Cody Rhodes loses this match. Um, they probably find a way to protect Seth Rollins, but Cody Rhodes takes the W. All right. How about you, Justin? Yeah, so uh, John, what... To what you said, uh, I was also at MetLife Stadium for WrestleMania 35. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to do this, but it's just happening. It, it was <laughs> in that radius. It was in that three to four hour radius. Mm -hmm. Yes. But uh, yeah, they were definitely trying to build uh, Seth as the top babyface on Raw at that time, I remember. And then he started talking shit to Will Ospreay on Twitter and everything just kind of went downward from there. Uh, I have been very open about saying that Seth Rollins in the past year, I think has been doing the best work of his career in ring wise, character wise. I've, I've just been enjoying it. The full ride. Um, you know, it took a while with him as a heel. I wasn't really into the Monday night Messiah stuff, uh, especially with that eye for an eye storyline with Rey Mysterio, which, I will never defend that storyline. That, that storyline was a national treasure, you ungrateful swine. You sick fuck. Somebody lost their eye in that feud. Anyway. <laughs> um, but like you guys said, Alex and uh, John, I definitely see Cody winning. Uh, I see him and Roman being the top program for this summer going into SummerSlam. So I think in this case, they want to do uh, what they haven't been doing and they probably should have been doing this whole time, building somebody up to the point where they are on Roman's level because for the past two years, they've been building, building, building Roman, uh, but they haven't really built anyone along with him. And I feel like that's a problem that they're running into now because uh, the challenger 
section is pretty slim for him at the moment. But uh, yeah, I'm going with Cody Rhodes on this. All right. All right. Liked everybody's take there. Very, very good. I, I'm a lot of takeaway from everybody on that one. Next match is the women's championship for SmackDown. An I quit match. Charlotte Flair, the champion, taking on the rowdy one. She has the highest winning percentage in WWE history out of any superstar that has ever stepped foot in that squared circle. Ronda Rousey. That's a mouthful, but it's also true. Google it. We're going to start with you, Alex. Who do you have and why? So, uh... Regarding this feud, uh, this is probably the feud in WWE I've had the least amount of interest for. Personally, the moment they brought back Ronda Rousey and they put her right into a feud with Charlotte, I lost interest because it was the last thing we saw before Ronda disappeared. We saw her in a feud with Becky and Charlotte. That was the biggest feud going into that WrestleMania. Again, back to WrestleMania 35. I feel like we're going to bring that show up a lot tonight. But um, it just, I feel like it drew its course. I feel like you're never going to get as much steam out of a program with Ronda and Charlotte or Ronda and Becky as you did with that climax of the main event being WrestleMania 35. So it just, it doesn't, do anything for me it being an i quit match doesn't do anything for me i no offense to the women involved i could personally not care who wins but for the sake of actually picking somebody in this match to win i would personally rather see charlotte Flair win. it's a good thing you picked charlotte because i was about to bring up the charlotte oscar match in syracuse where we did nothing but chant for and I quote, we went Becky so loud that Charlotte grabbed a microphone and basically uh, called us a-holes and that yeah. we should be respectful for those in the ring performing when Becky Lynch isn't even there. In my defense, I was trying to help her be a better heel. I was trying to, you know, you know, let her insult us a little bit, get a more a little more heat on her. In my defense, I was trying to help her do her job. Fair enough. Justin, Charlotte or Ronda? Uh, <laughs> so, Alex, you said I have had no interest in this feud from the get-go. Mm -hmm. uh, I was a meme a few weeks ago coming out of SmackDown because during the Ronda and Charlotte segment, you could just see me in the crowd singing on my phone. <laughs> oh. But... Uh, being at WrestleMania last month and, you know, the crowd wasn't into it at all. You can say that was because it was in the death spot between Cody Rhodes' return and Stone Cold's first Ooh, match in yeah. 20 years. But I had no interest going in, and I really had no interest coming out. Uh, I I gotta say, Ronda wins. I was very surprised she didn't win at WrestleMania. Uh, and I definitely don't see her saying I quit here. Uh, but yeah, I'm going with Ronda Rousey. All right. How about you, John? 
All right. So Ronda Rousey, like when she came back, she really had two things working against her. Um, when she was gone, she went off on Twitter that one time against the uh, pro wrestling fans, um, pretty much calling the sport fake. And, you know, she was just, she just seemed like legitimately pissed off at the fans. And I think that carried over into her return a little bit. I think she came back and she was supposed to be a baby face. And I think she was still carrying a resentment towards wrestling fans that um, I, I could only assume that someone pulled her aside after that first promo that she cut, where it was the most unenthusiastic promo that I've ever seen. Um, where they had to say, hey, you need to get over this. You're a baby face. Um, and that's one mistake that they made, really. Uh, the way that she, the, the way that she cut the promo on those fans uh, while she was out, I feel like WWE should have leaned into that and, um, and made her a heel from the get-go. And they didn't do that because the fans hate her. But between her and Charlotte, a lot of fans may actually hate Charlotte a little more than they hate Rhonda. Like it's it's really, you know, it's 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 really close there. Um, so in picking this match, I really look at um where it would go after this. Um with Rhonda, I really don't see too many credible challengers for her beyond Charlotte Flair. Because really, who who is a, who's a heel on that SmackDown side that you could see facing Ronda Rousey after Charlotte Flair? There really is nobody. Um, you could say Bailey when Bailey comes back, but people are going to cheer Bailey when she comes back. Between her and Ronda, um, people are going to definitely side with with Bailey. So I think that would backfire in itself. Um, Charlotte Flair, um, it's the same kind of thing. Um, you have Sasha Banks there, but Sasha Banks is, is a women's tag team champion. Um, who do you really have there? Um, so, um, I, I really think they're going to extend this feud. I think there's going to be a rubber match in there. Um, and with that said, you know, I also don't see Rhonda saying I quit. So I think you give Ronda the championship here, but uh, I don't think it's going to be for very long. I think they're they're going to move it right back to Charlotte afterwards. Right. Wow. There's a lot to take in there. And I look at all the storylines that have been affected by Rhonda's return, per se. So we know that Lacey Evans left because she, she was pregnant, but she was last feuding with, with Charlotte. Now they start these vignettes of, of Lacey in seemingly a way different change in personas. 
you know, she's telling a lot of real life stories and things like that, military type stuff. I don't see her re-entering a feud with Charlotte anytime soon. When Rhonda came back, her last feud was seemingly with Becky Lynch. I, you know, the direction that this went and why, I don't know. You also had Becky, Charlotte, and Lita in kind of like this little triangle thing going on. To which they had a spot with Charlotte and Lita, and we never saw that get continued. Why? I think because of this Rhonda thing. So there's a lot of a, a few storylines that, that that are affected by the by this whole this whole ordeal that we have here. If there's no one for Rhonda, and we stretch this out till SummerSlam, I would say is is what would happen. That's great. But in between, there's really nothing for, for Rhonda there. I would almost argue that it's the same thing for Charlotte. That there's nobody there if she beats Rhonda. So you got to stretch it. It's going to get stretched to SummerSlam. I, I, I 100% agree. And I'm going to say Rhonda wins. Because if Rhonda's never said, I quit in the UFC... I'm pretty sure Ronda Rousey's not going to say I quit in WWE. And I'm going to leave that one at that. That's that's just she's your next SmackDown Women's Champion. Charlotte's not happy. This feud gets stretched out till SummerSlam where you have the final match and then we'll ask the same thing again. If Ronda wins, who's next? If Charlotte wins, who's next? Right? I mean, that's that's yeah, this, really all I can is, think of. This is actually why, like, I've always said that um, I'm not a fan of the brand split. Um, I feel like they really kind of pigeonhole themselves here. Um, you have you have the women on the Raw side that um, you could easily, if you had one champion, would have a ton of challengers there. And now, like, you know, you seemingly cut your your uh, your options in in half here. You know, by having a separate Raw roster and a SmackDown roster, we're only thinking about SmackDown roster. We're not thinking about Raw roster. Raw roster for Charlotte, you have people like Alexa Bliss. You have Bianca Belair over there, and you have you have people like that. But um, yes, we're um, they're really pigeonholed by the brand split. So uh, th that's actually a reason why I really think that eventually they should think about getting rid of this brand split. So on the flip side of that, just you know, for the sake of debate, because um, I I'm in, I'm usually in favor of the brand split just because I feel like it gives each show an identity and a reason for people to watch. I think another thing that also kind of, you know, forced WWE's own foot into their mouth is the fact they've all that they've also released so many women talent in the past two years. They could have easily filled some of these 
issues that we're running into now if we didn't release the likes of the Iconics because you could have split them up and, uh, well, they did, but they could have given them more identity each separately. You could have done better with Tony Storm instead of having her leave. You could have done better with Mia Yim. You could have done better with Tegan Knox. You know, even as recently as Dakota Kai, there's a lot of big women's names that have left. Deanna Perrazzo is taking over independent wrestling right now. And she was in NXT floundering. And then they just released her. There's a lot of women that could have stepped up and taken the ball for WWE that they had under contract. And they chose to get rid of them. And they're killing it all over the world right now. And I think that also plays a huge factor into why there is like there's so many storylines that are hard to make in WWE because we've seen them all because they never gave any of these new talent a chance to actually come up to the main roster and actually survive. Both valid points. Both very valid. I'm not going to argue. I think you're both right. I'm going to say I do think Aaliyah is a strong contender for the next challenger. Okay, Justin's getting kicked off. I was going to say, <laughs> mute, mute his mic. Mute his mic. I mean, she does hold a record in WWE, though, with that 317 on that pin on Natalia. Just saying. Like, ooh. There you go. All it takes is 3.17 seconds, Charlotte. I imagine it would, Justin. Ooh. Woo! <laughs> so in that case, it's just a one count. All right. Our next match is Happy Corbin and Mad Cat Moss. Justin, who do you have? Mad Cat Moss, all I'm saying. <laughs> all right. John, how about you? I have Mad Cat Moss also. Um, a little inside baseball. Um, Happy Corbin is uh, his wife is about to give birth to a to a child. Um, yeah. So I hear Corbin's going away for a little bit. Good. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I really don't see them having Corbin win and then just go away after because that ki- that kills Madcap. It, it, even though he is basically already killed off with this character. But uh, yeah, um, I really see Madcap Moss getting the win here. Does that mean that Happy Corbin is going to come back as Daddy Corbin? <laughs> Should. I mean, I, I, mean him dis- I mean, him disappearing and coming back is just another reason for WWE to change his character again. Yeah, because uh, yeah, he'll meet Baron Corbin again. <laughs> Uh, hey, you know what though? I was a huge fan of uh of uh Ho- Hobo Corbin. Oh, bumass, yep. bumass Baron yeah. Corbin, as Pat McAfee likes to call him. Honestly, bum-ass that was Baron. my that was my favorite, second favorite Baron Corbin character. I was a big fan of the original Lone Wolf character. I thought he actually was on to something with that character, but you know, Vince didn't see otherwise. Yeah. Well, based off of what Johnny said, I really don't think we need to finish the predictions on this match. But I will say, Happy Corbin in 2020 only won seven matches. So, no, I will say one thing about it, though. I actually like the charisma that Madcap Moss brings to WWE television. I think they just need to get him out of this, you know, shitty knockoff happy Corbin character that he's got right now especially they're both feuding they both have the same character like it it doesn't it doesn't work but I think if they can find something for 
Riddick Moss, if you will, or if he keeps the Madcap name, I think the kid's got potential. Oh, he 100% has potential, but he's got to lose this like Mojo Raleigh-esque thing he's got going on because that's what he reminds me of. Well, I mean, last week he decided to be knockoff Triple H when he grabbed a sledgehammer out of nowhere. <laughs> That's not it either. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. If he, if he comes out with a Mantar thing, I'll be happy. If he comes out with the Mantar hood mask thing, the big thing he wore. Madcap Mantar. Yep. <laughs> there we go. Oh, Lee, you must have. You must have loved Young Rock this week because uh, Mantar made an appearance. Oh, yeah. I, I, listen, out of everybody <laughs> they could have had. And I mean, they had some they had some heavy hitters on that show for that one. Mantar made it on. I knew you were going to be so happy when I texted you and told you that the other day. Mantar. John, if you don't know. I have this like running joke with Alex. I'll get him like really excited about something but I don't reveal the details of like the news and wrestling that's happening before he checks his phone. Obviously mm-hmm. I'll be like, dude, guess what? He'll be like, what? I'll be like, there's a new number one contender who, and I'll be like, dot, dot, dot man tar. <laughs> or like, or like, I'll just make like a really bad joke. And I'll be like, like during a predictions for the Royal rumble or something, I'll be like, he'll, he'll ask, well, who do you want as a surprise entrance? And I'll just smile. And he's like, oh, I shouldn't have asked. And I just go, Mantar. I just like Mantar. Not really, but it's just the thing I have. All right. So we're all in agreement. Mantar Moss wins. Yes. Way to, way to break Mantar K-Fab. Moss. <laughs> Ooh, Mantar Moss. I like that better. I know what I'm doing on wwe 2k22 oh no (laughs) that's a great idea pal (laughs) that's such good shit uh well speaking of and i quote good shit bobby lashley versus omos (laughs) excuse my language but fuck you man hey that was a great transition i have no idea what you're talking about man (laughs) i ought to i ought to slap you John, who do you have? I have Omas. Um, definitely not going to be a uh, technical masterpiece, uh, but um, I don't see Omas taking the loss twice to Lashley. They have to give him something. If they if they have him lose twice, I think he's dead in the water. I think he needs a big win. And uh, I think he's going to win this one. Al, you're shaking your head up and down. Like, what do you got? So Bobby Lashley's still supposed to get this shoulder surgery. Nobody has ever really come out and say otherwise. So I have to believe that he's still planning on going and having surgery at some point. Um, If that is the case and he does still need to have surgery on the shoulder that he messed up a couple months back, then Omos easily takes the victory. But also going off of what John said, if he loses, he's already more dead in the water than he is now. So 
if they're going to try and get any juice out of this run that they're trying to push with him before he inevitably gets his pink slips and his walking papers, then he needs to win. Wow. All right. <laughs> I'm not an Omos fan. No offense to the guy personally, but I'm not a fan. Doesn't do anything for him. Okay, what if uh, we bring back the mix match mix match challenge, and he teams up with Nick Gash, and they can be almost a superhero. <laughs> Lee, I uh, I thought we were muting his mic. Uh, that was a good one, though. I gotta give it to him. Justin's gonna start getting put in timeout during these shows. Uh... Don't go. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Largento, the Eugene of Perched on the Top Rope. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, Eugene was a world tag team champion. Mm-hmm. I take that as a compliment. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. He was a national treasure. Any team with William Regal got to give him props. Good point. Good point. Who do you got, Justin? Uh... Yeah, like Alex and John said, I, I think Omos has to win this to uh, establish the new pairing with him and MVP. Uh, and to what Alex said about uh, Lashley possibly needing shoulder surgery still, I could definitely see them doing some kind of injury angle at the end of this because I don't know if I see Omos per se squashing Lashley. I don't think that'll be the case, but... Yeah, I think it's a definite win for Omos. Or if it's not, then I don't know where it goes from here. Main event, probably. And I'm not talking about the last match on the show. And then Lashley comes back at the beginning of next year, and we get Once in a Lifetime Part 2, Lashley versus Omos at WrestleMania. That'd be Part 3, actually. Hmm. Even better than Cena versus The Rock. (laughs) (laughs) I cracked myself up. Well... Let's also be fair that uh, I think with MVP being by his side, that it, it won't be a clean win. No. Which for a man of his, his stature, it it could be a clean win, but uh, I'm going to be honest. I think Commander Aziz and uh, Shanky move better than Omas. I actually think that Shanky had a really good match with Ricochet Friday on SmackDown. That's besides the point. Well, also, Lee, just to kind of go off of what you just said quick before I lose this thought, too. If if they do have MVP get involved in this match and MVP kind of helps facilitate this loss and then like helps Omos jump Bobby Lashley after the match, you could almost use that to set up a Lashley MVP match when he comes back. And that probably actually has money behind it. Yeah. Uh, I yeah that that could happen. I mean, MVP doesn't get in the ring much anymore, but that would be you know something that would you know very easily could happen in the works. Mm-hmm. If Omos loses, he he gets Giant Gonzalez status, which you ain't doing shit. That means the Undertaker you, hates you. Then that too. So yeah, almost almost ha- has to win. That that that's real plain and simple but uh, uh this next match really is a really particular one that it's not cream of wheat but it's alex cream of jeans match because there is two favorite wrestlers edge versus aj styles 
So at WrestleMania, uh, th- thanks. At You're WrestleMania, um, this was one of my favorite matches, just from a like an in-ring quality standpoint. So getting to see Styles and Edge mix it up one more time, I'm never going to complain about. Um, I I do enjoy that they've kind of worked Finn Balor into this angle as well as it gives Finn a little something more of notoriety to do. Um, I've got a few more opinions to touch on regarding Finn Balor getting involved in this a little later on. But as far as this match goes, uh, Damian Priest being at ringside, being barred from ringside, I almost have to believe, even though this is a new character for Edge, that AJ Styles finds a way to get the victory somehow with this match. Even if it's like, Something as simple as like he wins via roll up after like a, a long contested match, but then afterwards the heels jump him and get their heat back from that, um, you know, and then that facilitates Finn Balor coming out and helping him. I I feel like AJ has to win this match in order to not look extremely weak in this feud. So uh, I'm gonna go with AJ Styles for this one. Okay, Justin, who you got? Yeah, Alex, like you said, um, I do think AJ needs to win this. I don't think he needs to, per se, but uh, it's been a while since he's had a big win, to be honest with you. Uh, And I think Damian Priest being banned from ringside is just kind of a way to give AJ that win uh, in a clean way. Uh, Even the post-match stuff you were talking about, Alex, uh, I could see Damian Priest coming out. Him and Edge attack AJ. Then Balor comes make the save, uh, and then that'll pro- I would assume would set up a tag team match between the four. At I believe the next pay per view is Hell in a Cell in June. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's where I see it going. I'm I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say AJ Styles. All right, Johnny, how about you? I completely agree. I see this going to Hell in a Cell, and I think AJ needs his heat back. I think uh, Edge and Damian Priest have been jumping on every week. Um, Finn Balor is by his side now. Uh, Damian Priest is barred from ringside. I think they're going to extend this at least another month. So I think AJ needs to win here. Um, Also for Edge's group, I see more than just Edge and Damian Priest in this group. I think they're going to get another member. I think they're going to get another member soon. Uh, I don't think it's going to be Sunday. It'll probably be right after, maybe even on Raw right after that. Uh, There's a couple names being thrown around for that. Um, But yeah, uh, I really think to extend this a little bit, I think that AJ Styles needs to win it. See, I'm so glad that you said that, Johnny, because I think because Damien is barred from ringside, we do see like what the NWO had the third, but this in this case, woman shows up to help Edge get the victory. Now, if we want to go down this route, I could I could predict somebody. To which case, I want to say it's a Rhea Ripley. And I'm going to go with that. I'm going with Edge, though. 
I'm saying Edge wins. I still think it will continue, though, the feud between AJ and Edge because of the, the interference. You know, and then this is where, you know, after the match, Edge, you know, grabs a mic and will say, well, you said Damien Priest was barred from ringside, but we didn't say so-and-so was barred from ringside. You know, and then Damien comes out and they all beat up on on AJ until Finn Balor comes out. Yeah, so I say Edge. Okay, okay. And plus, I, I don't mind seeing possibly a two-on-two Hell in a Cell match come Hell in a Cell either. Finn Balor and AJ Styles against Damian Priest and Edge and Hell in a Cell. I'm down. Yeah, that would be awesome. That'd be a great match. Absolutely. But uh, moving on, as they say. Uh, yeah. Uh, the one that irks me to no end. That would be the main event of the show, Lee. Yeah. Yeah, this is where this is match number six, which would have been a combination of six and seven. Because before WWE had made the matches of RK Bro versus the Usos in a tag team unification match. And now we're not getting that. No, we're not. And, you know, I one has to assume that before this six-man tag was made that we were also going to get Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship, or we were going to get uh, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship because they also had them do a little thing on TV. But um, personally... Uh, this is now that this uh, there's no title implications online. It's another match I almost don't care about, but I think this match is going to be the match that steals the show. That even though people are groaning about it, I think it's probably going to be the best match in ring on the card. Yeah, I think it's going to. I think it's going to be up there as one of the best. But like for me, there's a salty taste in my mouth. I'm a little salty about this one. Right. So, you know what? Before we get into the actual predictions, let's go into the one thing that I wanted, one of the two things I wanted to talk about tonight, and it was regarding this match, and that is WWE pulling the bait and switch. They get a bunch of people, in this case, to buy tickets for this show. And like Justin said, the tickets for this pay-per-view, they were a pretty penny. They were, you know, similar to the prices of uh, One Night of WrestleMania, you said, right, Justin? Yeah, it was about 200. Yeah, so you're you're going to tell me that you're going to advertise for at least a couple weeks ahead of time that RK Bro and the Usos are facing each other in a tag team unification match and now we're going to pull back and we're going to change that match up and I get that the cho- the show changes, but WWE has done this too many times in my opinion. So you have all these people that probably bought tickets because they wanted to see the tag team title unification match that was being sold as the biggest thing on the show. And now it's not happening. So in your guys' opinions, do you think WWE specifically has pulled the bait and switch too many times throughout history? Lee, I'll start with you. I'm assuming you're starting with me because of my age. 
Yes. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> you've you've seen a little more than we have. Yeah. Um. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's been done time and time again. There are certain circumstances to which, you know, you you know, card is subject to change. This one almost has that to me only because I feel like WWE wasn't ready to give us the match. You know what I mean? I feel like they don't have enough for storyline for the future to go on right now with this. So I feel like they pulled back and are going to stretch it again. SummerSlam. Everything to me goes to SummerSlam. Right. Like Charlotte and Ronda again. SummerSlam. Stretch it to SummerSlam because they don't have anything for them. I guess my point is just I guess my point is just that if you know that you don't have enough, don't advertise it to begin with. Like I understand the card is subject to change, but when you when you announce this big of a match, like that's a that's a pretty that's a pretty big match with big implications. To announce something that big and then to pull it away, like you have you have people that spent their money on that already, with knowing that that's what they wanted to go and see. You actually had people interested in something you were doing, and then you pull it back. I, I understand card subject to change. I just think in certain circumstances, I think matches that have that big of implications shouldn't be messed with after people have already spent money to buy tickets for those shows. Well, yeah, and I mean, we, we've even seen this at WrestleMania with uh, I was the Undertaker's match. It was supposed to be, I believe, a handicap match. Mm-hmm. Right? And they ended up making it a tag match. Oh no! It was the other. It was the other way around. He was supposed to team with Nathan Jones. Yes, and that's the what last, it was. At the last second at WrestleMania 19, then at the last second they pulled it and it became a handicap match. Yeah, and then they had Nathan Jones like make the like. He interfered anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, so yeah, like there's a great example right there. I don't know what the I. I there was a reason why they did that. I just don't remember what it was. He was too but green. You know, there's other matches. You know, or they've done this. If is it to sell tickets, possibly. You know that, and that could be this scenario. I mean, it is. It, it's not like Dallas. You know, for where they held basically this pay per view, which is literally what fans in Rhode Island are getting. Right. But I feel like them knowing that. It is a bunch of rematches. I can also see them saying, well, you know, fans just saw this and them saying, oh, well, let's advertise this. Hey, ticket sales are good. Oh, that's great. You know, but we don't have enough to go off of. Right. But this wasn't even a match that just happened in Dallas. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And the way that they had the storyline to it happen, I thought was like really bad with like Paul Heyman ripping the contract up and stuffing it in Matt Riddle's mouth. Let's be honest, Matt Riddle's a former UFC fighter. I think that's kind of forgotten about. And I get it's because he's doing, you know, him and Randy have that whole best friends 420 thing going on, which whatever, but you can't, you can't play with, with fans like this. We've seen it time and time again, where if you mess with fans' emotions, 
the fans fight back. That's another thing we've seen time and time again. Like right. me personally, with something like this, I'm shocked. You know, it's something as simple as the name changes that like we we talked about in episode 86 at Apple Podcast, just perched on the top rope. I'm I'm shocked that we haven't seen fans like revolt, like when when Gunter is in the ring, you know, chanting Walter, Walter, things like that. We don't really get that out of a WWE crowd. You know, where if it's an AEW crowd where W Morrissey, who used to be big cast in WWE, comes out. And, and you've got a chant of we want Enzo and then the other half of the crowd is chanting, no, we don't hmm. like the WWE crowd with the chanting is like, in my eyes, they've mellowed out. It's almost like, cause they all go to AEW shows now. It's almost like a slow defeat of, well, WWE is not going to give, give us what we want, but we still watch the product sort of deal. I'm a big fan of WWE. Obviously, you guys can see my bar and my setup and everything around me. My whole house is literally wrestling based. I'm a poor man, Steve Morand of the greatest wrestling collection from WWE Hidden Treasures. <laughs> I thought that would have got a laugh out of you guys. I guess not. <laughs> Okay, ha, ha, ha. Thank you. Thank you. But no, I. <sighs> them doing the, this bait and switch, though, really kind of killed it for me on the pay-per-view. I know it's still, you know, on paper. It, it looks like it's WrestleMania rematch. I'm still excited for this match because I am a fan of RK Bro. I am a fan of Roman Reigns. But I would have liked the match that was originally advertised. Now, Justin is actually in a Facebook, uh, and Alex, you are too, in that, that messenger group uh, with all of the Albany meet and greet guys mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And Gary, one of the, the Hero Hido employees, is going to this card. And when he found out the switch, Justin, if, if you remember, the first the first thing he texted was, if they don't have the titles on the line, I'm going to be pissed because that's why I paid for this. Yeah. And, and, and now we see that there are no titles on the line. So there are going to be some angry fans unless, unless on Friday they somehow make it where, you know, titles are on the line, but I I'm, I'm doubting that. Yeah, no, if all the titles are on the line, I'm even more down for it. But at this point it's a glorified SmackDown main event. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Johnny, what do you think? I think that somewhere along the way, they 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 kind of realized with uh, the last few that Drew McIntyre was in with Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss that it didn't do any favors for anybody. Um, I think they see Drew McIntyre as one of those guys that they want to be built as a credible threat to Roman Reigns. And I think they kind of looked at it and thought that Drew lost his juice a little bit. Um, Now, I've been super confused about this whole thing from the get-go. I thought that this was headed towards Roman Reigns and Shinsuke Nakamura. And they they did the few they did the uh they did the thing in the ring where Roman hugged him at the uh SmackDown after Mania and then the Usos did the double super kick on him and uh I thought it was headed towards a Roman Reigns and Shinsuke Nakamura match 
and then that changed all of a sudden um and you didn't see roman reigns on tv for weeks where it didn't even look like that there was even going to be a roman reigns match and they've kind of just been building the tag title unification along the way um so i really don't understand what they're doing here um i think if anything this six man gives them the opportunity to have drew mcintyre standing at the end over roman reigns without actually doing a title switch and getting getting some momentum behind drew mcintyre before they actually have that singles match that's for the belt um i definitely think they're saving that for a bigger stadium show um i i thought i thought at first that this whole thing was because i thought roman reigns was injured um it looked like he had a shoulder injury after wrestlemania and um but he and so so I actually thought that the six man tag match Roman wouldn't have to be in the ring too much, and it would kind of protect Roman a little bit without him actually having to drop the title. Um, but um, Roman has worked a bunch of singles matches over the last couple weeks on house shows, so that whole theory is out. Um, the only thing that I can think of is that this is to give Drew some juice without it actually being for the belt and they're you know they don't have to do some kind of wonky finish you know to keep the belt on Roman and they could ex- and they could extend this um I know they want uh they want money in the bank to be a big deal they're doing it at a Legion Stadium um, you don't even have to wait all the way until SummerSlam for that. Um, it, it would it would be July. Um, so I could see them possibly doing that. Um, I also don't think that the title unification idea is completely lost. Like I I I don't think it's completely dropped. I think they're gonna revisit that. I don't think they're suddenly gonna add it to this. I don't think and there's going to be any titles. Well, that's that's up for grabs uh, this this Sunday. But um, I definitely see them doing the title unification thing in the future. Um, I just think they want to do it on a bigger show. But I definitely see for WrestleMania Backlash, I definitely see the last visual of being Drew McIntyre in the ring celebrating the celebrating the uh, victory so so you're more so a little like for it like okay with the fact that they that they switched around a little bit then. i'm not okay with it but i'm trying to make sense of it because okay. otherwise it doesn't make any sense why they would pull that bait and switch as you said right okay. you know um okay. so you're kind of going more of the, the logical route with it yeah, right. there there ha- there has to be some sort of reason behind it and nothing else really makes makes any sense to me why they would just decide to switch it. As Lee uh, likes to say WWE likes to WWE. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, Justin, what do you think? Uh specifically with this match, the bait and switch 
bad or good? And do you think the WWE pulls the bait and switch too much throughout history? 110% they pull the bait and switch too much. May I remind you, this is the same company going into Survivor Series 1999. They advertised The Rock, Stone Cold, and Triple H in a triple threat match for the WWF Championship. When they good damn well knew that they were running Stone Cold over and taking him out of the match and he was going to be out of action for a year. They waited till like three segments before the main event. This is the same company. But Justin, Justin doesn't hold a grudge or anything. <laughs> <laughs> this is the same company. Last year at SummerSlam, if you remember, it was going to be Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks for the SmackDown Women's title. They advertised Sasha Banks until the moment Bianca Belair got to the ring. They played the video package, and then they go, oh, well, Sasha Banks isn't here, so Carmella. They fucking knew for a week ahead of time that Sasha wasn't going to be there. But they still did it. They literally had to bring Becky Lynch in to, like, either they already had it planned, or they had to bring her in at the last second to to figure out who it was going to face. Either way. Exactly. So when I saw... I didn't watch SmackDown that night because I was there the week before when it was taped. But when I was going through Twitter and I saw the graphic for the match pop up, all I could do was laugh. (laughs) I'm like, they fucking got us. And when you really think about it, it makes less sense from a storyline standpoint. Why is Roman Reigns coming out there, ripping up the contract, and then suggesting a six-man tag match when he's the one who sent the fucking Usos to Raw to begin with to get these titles. Right. It was literally his idea. It makes no sense. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> hey, guys, go win the tag titles. Just kidding. I want to wrestle now. Yeah, seriously. Um, I want to wrestle against this maniac with a sword. <laughs> <laughs> I think the only reason this was done is obviously they're going with Drew and Roman for the next title program. Mm-hmm. The only reason I see this even happening, this bait and switch, is just to extend that program and no other reason. Because I can definitely see it being Roman and Drew and Hell in a Cell next month, whether it be for one title or both titles, because we don't know if he's defending them together or separate. He defends them separate on house shows, but... uh. And I don't think this is going to be winner take all. I When I first saw the graphic, I said, okay, maybe there's a chance they'll uh, go on Raw Monday because they're already advertised. They'll announce it's winner take all. But then they didn't. And I don't see them announcing it tomorrow on SmackDown. If they were going to do it, they were going to do it on Raw. Mm-hmm. So the fact that the titles aren't on the line leads me to believe that we're getting the faces going over. Uh, Drew, I imagine, will probably pin one of the Usos. And have a stare down with Roman to end the show. And that will get them started into their uh, program for one or both titles or whatever the fuck they want to do next month. But that's just how I see it going down. Okay. So we've got we've got Justin's opinion. He threw his prediction in there. We got John's prediction in there as well. They both think the faces are basically going over. That's how I interpreted yours as well. Right, John? Yeah. Okay. Lee, who do you have winning? Man, um, yeah, I mean, it's one of those like you hate the the bloodline has done so well, 
the storyline doesn't make sense, as everybody has said, with their own pitching and everything like that. You can't have Roman get pinned. That leaves you with one of the Usos. Jimmy. (laughs) Jimmy. (laughs) Sure. Works for me. Uh, Yeah. I'll go with the faces. I'll go with Drew and RK, bro. Okay. Keep it simple. Okay. So... Yeah, I I was originally going to say that I think I had the bloodline going over just because like they could do something dirty to go over to keep the feud going. But the fact that, A, Drew McIntyre has now been added into this feud to, I'm assuming, build him up to an eventual one-on-one match. And B, the fact that we just celebrated the 20th anniversary of Randy Orton. I got to think that between those two things going into it, Drew and Roman are probably going to take each other out of the match at some point, fight into the back. Then RK bro and the Usos are going to go at it. Randy Orton's going to hit an RKO on one of the Usos, presumably Jimmy, because, you know, he still has got to pay back that DWI somehow. Uh, And I see the faces going over with Randy Orton picking up the pin for the team. All right. All right. Okay. Those are pretty good predictions, guys. If I do say so myself. A lot of interesting points. A lot of great things brought up. And Alex, I know you had some other things unrelated to back to blah, WrestleMania backlash. I got to remember, it's always, there's always a WrestleMania in front now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the other thing. Go back to just changing it back to backlash. It was a better pay-per-view name at that point. And they basically did the same thing back then with some WrestleMania rematches on the card. So let's go back to being backlash. However, I am going to rewind back a couple matches because I'm going to bounce off of something that's going on in one of these storylines. AJ Styles versus Edge. We have Finn Balor getting involved in this storyline as I brought up earlier. Now, got to imagine that the storyline is going to continue with AJ and Finn Balor forming some sort of alliance, perhaps even a team. They're not doing much with either one of them now, aside from this feud with Edge and Damian. So I wouldn't be surprised if they go forward with the two of these guys as a team going forward. That leads me to ask, and I want everybody's opinion on this, are there too many variations of the Bullet Club spread across multiple promotions in pro wrestling? If you think about it, we have the U.S. version of the Bullet Club in Impact Wrestling. We have the, you know, based off of the original Bullet Club, that version in New Japan Pro Wrestling. We have the Elite in AEW, or the Undisputed Elite, as you might want to call them. And now we've got AJ Styles and Finn Balor starting to team up in WWE. Do you think that pro wrestling companies have taken what was a huge hit for New Japan and they've collectively all together diluted down the original theory and vision, I guess, of the Bullet Club by trying to all create their own versions of it. Justin, I want to start with you. I mean, yeah, I can see your point on that. Uh, I mean, God forbid, WB came out with a... how many Balor Club shirts since he's been in the company? 
That's the other yeah, thing too. WWE uh, now, if 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 they go with AJ Styles and Finn, this is just just them. This is their third version of the Bullet Club. Yeah, that's not even counting. Uh, or no, it is counting uh, Gallows and Anderson with both AJ and mm-hmm. Balor in two separate uh, incarnations. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I guess the saying is true: when you're Bullet Club, you're Bullet Club for life, because everyone is just kind of intertwined with one another somehow uh whether it's past present members of the bullet club uh you know the undisputed elite in AEW. obviously you have adam cole and uh the young bucks and their former bullet club members but i feel like that's more of kind of an incarnation of obviously undisputed era and the elite when AEW first first came to be well, in, uh, off of that, too, I, I was mainly going for the elite themselves. Um, obviously, I was just kind of using Undisputed Elite as like a subgroup of what they have. Yeah. You know, because Kenny Omega, when he comes back, the elite's still a thing. Adam Page could always rejoin the group. And God forbid if Cody ever goes back to AEW, you know, he's always going to have a spot welcome there, too. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I think I think companies kind of do the best they can to not oversaturate it. Mm-hmm. Like like you said, Impact kind of has their U.S. version of the Bullet Club with Jay White and Chris Bay and the Good Brothers. But, I mean, they do show up in Japan from time to time, too, so I kind of see that more as a crossover, if anything. Uh, but, yeah, I can definitely see where you're coming from when you say uh, that it's just kind of oversaturated at this point and... Mm-hmm. It's kind of a go-to maybe to sell some t-shirts or, you know. Yeah, it's a good whatever. way to sell merch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, John, what do you think? Um, do Does it dilute the original idea? Yes. Um, are they trying to capitalize off of the original Bullet Club? Yes. Uh, does it hurt the New Japan Bullet Club? No. Um they just had the New Japan show this past weekend, wrestling don't uh, don't taku. Um, they had the they had the Bullet Club in in the ring. They were pouring beer on on Okada, and uh, and the and the crowd was was cheering them. Uh, the uh, fans in Japan they very much they usually go with the program. They usually cheer the baby faces and boo the heels. Uh, the boo, uh, the Bullet Club usually gets booed over there. Uh, they were cheering them, and they are actually booing Okada, um, which they don't usually do. Yeah, you don't see much of that. You don't see much of that. Um, so um, I think the Bullet Club is heating up again. Also, Jay White um, hasn't been in Japan for a year. He just came back. Carl Anderson and and Doc Gallows are back in. Juice Robinson just joined up with the Bullet Club again. Um, so it seems like the Bullet Club is heating back up again. Also, an interesting fact is, is that over in Japan, the way that COVID is, is that it is actually against the law for them to cheer at these wrestling events. Um they they aren't they aren't supposed to clap they aren't supposed to 
cheer or yell. Um, they've been stomping their feet for everything. Um, they completely ignored that this past weekend, and they illegally cheered for the Bullet Club. So that should tell you something, that uh, the Bullet Club is still massively over in Japan, and they're there's going to be more of a presence here in the United States now with this AEW and New Japan Super Show. Um, I don't think that the what the other companies are doing is hurting them. Um, I think they're heating back up. I think the pandemic hurt them. The pandemic hurt New Japan a lot. But um, it's it seems like that we're coming out of it and uh yeah i just see you know i just see things going up for the bullet club okay okay john thanks for your thoughts i appreciate that lee i know you sometimes tend to be the controversial one we'll see if that rings true tonight or we'll see if you uh if you kind of go with the flow what are your opinions so I don't think that uh, controversy is going to go away. <laughs> not for this one. I think that if you're not a fan of New Japan Pro Wrestling, I would feel as though seemingly your answer would be yes. Especially if you just listen to, to John with his wonderful wisdom that he gave us, which you can read on Facebook at Rambling Ramblings of a Wrestling Fan. I again, if if you're not a fan of New Japan, you wouldn't know how over the Bullet Club it is over there. And me being me, can't pronounce really any Japanese wrestlers' names correctly. Really don't follow New Japan Pro Wrestling. So a year or two ago, I would have said, "Oh, wow, the Bullet Club's still around." In New Japan, because I wouldn't have known. But now because of the expansions of them here in America, seemingly like WCW with the New World Order, which was, you know, also in New Japan Pro Wrestling, which also used WCW wrestlers, like former IWGP champion Scott Norton, who is now also a Bullet Club member. I don't know if anyone has seen that, I uh, which is pretty cool. Impact. We've seen WWE try, you know, seemingly it looks like they're going to go on their third attempt at it. I feel as though what we're getting from the Bullet Club here in America is nothing like of what the Bullet Club is in New Japan Pro Wrestling. What I mean by that is like, the, the best example I can give is if you watch a European show that crosses over and it's done here in America, it's usually a very watered down version of that television show because of the topics that are talked about over, over in like the UK and things like that. They deal with more controversial topics and what, Americanized television tends to deal with so that that's what I see out of this but though those spots like 
in impact wrestling, which, which also uses some of those in new Japan, like the good brothers, uh, Jay white, you know, and, and Justin and I got to speak to good brothers and they put over guys like AJ styles and guys like Finn Balor. And you can go to youtube.com slash person on the top rope and watch that interview where they praise those guys as leaders of the bullet club. And I would say if Jay White is seemingly what the leader is, as Carl Anderson had said during the interview, it's his time to shine as the leader of the Bullet Club. So what I see, and especially with the AEW New Japan Pro Wrestling pay-per-view Forbidden Door, I see this as going to be a great way for us to see those in New Japan Pro Wrestling of the Bullet Club have interactions with those here in America. And what I would seemingly say is, aside from the the ROH New Japan show, which I, I would seemingly say that this is going to be a good interaction for American fans who don't get the exposure to the New Japan Pro Wrestling and the Bullet Club over there to be able to see that and see how they are. So do I think there's too many? I think WWE's attempt at it is just piss poor at best and they should stop. I think what Impact has done, you know, they've added Chris Bay and a few others. And we have their Americanized version of it with, you know, again, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson part of it. I don't think there's too many. I just think WWE should stop because they only have AJ and Finn Balor as Bullet Club members and Cody, but I don't see Cody getting involved with that sort of storyline per se. I think that's the only way that WWE can make it actually cool. Yeah, that's the only way that they could make it happen. But then you're going to have a huge, a huge fight if you have any sort of, I, I would say, Bullet Club mention or anything like that. So I wouldn't say that there's too many. I, th- I think the Americanized version in Impact has actually helped fans a little bit uh, become more aware of the Bullet Club. But I think what WWE is has has been doing with it when they when they've tried, it just doesn't work. So I I'm I'm a yes and no if that makes sense. Yes, I think there's too many, as in there's too many attempts by WWE at it. But no, I don't think that there there's too many where I feel it's it's watered it down. I feel like it's actually probably helped more fans be aware of the bullet club at this point. Okay. All right. Thanks for your thoughts, Lee. So my opinion on the situation is kind of like similar to yours. It's a yes and a no, because obviously WWE either has failed at their attempts or they just chose to end it early and, and not put enough effort into going forward with it. However, I don't think it's just WWE. I think the oversaturation is more so in the American market of pro wrestling. And I think it's on both of the biggest pro wrestling companies in America. I think AEW has put way too much focus since the beginning of their inception. This is the one, one of the few things, because you know I love AEW. This is one of the few things I've had an issue with. I think they put too much focus on members of the elite at any given point to 
almost to the point where it was becoming a little oversaturated for me too. Now I'm not I'm not having an issue with the current product that they have right now because they've gone off into the subgroup with the undisputed elite. Hangman's kind of doing his own thing now, but for like the first year or two of AEW, I felt that they were, you know, they were taking that whole idea of them leaving the Bullet Club and they were just kind of basing it around that. Now that felt like a lot of what the company being started was for me personally. So um because of that i kind of grew like a slight dis like i i I wasn't a huge fan of the things that the elite did um i like them all better separately for being honest so i i think the elite kind of um watered it down a little bit for me and obviously wwe's attempts at trying to do their version of the bullet club were shit so uh, the the one company in America that I think is representing the Bullet Club best and helping people actually, you know, kind of understand what Bullet Club is actually about would be Impact Wrestling. I actually like what they've done with the Americanized version of the Bullet Club. Part of it's because they're still using the name, but they also there's, you know, there's crossover members like the Good Brothers or like Jay White. So I like what Impact's doing. I just I want to see WWE and AEW kind of stop trying to push their version so much because even to this day adam cole mentions bullet club on air every now and then so that that was it for me i just i think i want to stop seeing the attempts from wwe and aew because clearly it wasn't their thing well with the aew new japan pro wrestling forbidden door i don't think you're gonna get what you want out of aew no not not yet at least (laughs) and and by the looks of it if wwe goes the route that that we've all seemingly thought you're gonna see aj and finn tag teaming and i'm sure there's gonna be some sort of club reference after all they did give each other the yeah, so I guess I'm just going to cover Impact Wrestling for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, aside from what Alex just brought to the table, I would just like to make something aware that I'd like to do from time to time. The Owen Hart Cup. Jeff Hardy is the only one to have wrestled Owen Hart. He's the only one. Did it in 1995 was the first match. Then they wrestled a couple times tag team in 1999. Seven spots are filled, one of them being Jeff. Now there's one spot left. John brought this up earlier off camera. That there is a wild card. A mystery opponent, as you will, to which Samoa Joe will be facing. So much like you, Alex, I'm going to go down with the three of us. And every the guy doesn't have to be in the company. He could be from elsewhere. Obviously, he's not going to be from WWE. For obvious reasons. But give your best pick who you think it is. And John, I'm going to start with you, um, because we had the conversation. Wow! So uh, <laughs> we both we we both kind of brought up the uh, same guy um, that is uh, that that is David Hart Smith. 
that is Davy Boy Smith. Um, he's the one guy that's out there that has the connection to Owen Hart and the Hart family that they can bring in as a surprise. Uh, that that isn't fifty years old or older. Um, but I don't, you know, I've been sitting here thinking about our conversation and, uh, I think that we might see a new signing here. Um, you have Cesaro, you have Cesaro floating around and, uh, I know that there was a reason that nobody is talking about why he hasn't already wound up somewhere, but I think that the Owen Hart Cup might be a good spot to bring him in. Um, so I'm going to go with Cesaro. Okay. Alex looks... Uh... Look like his uh, pick was just taken. Alex, we'll go to you next. You took my damn pick, John. <laughs> yeah, same so... here. <laughs> All right, cool. So we have a lot of Cesaro fans here. That's good. Cesaro. We're the Cesaro we miss... section. Cesaro, we miss you. Um, you know, I I got to go with Cesaro too. Um, well, it could be David Hartsmith. I also feel like David Hartsmith was really successful in New Japan, and that's also an area he could be eyeing to go back to. But Cesaro also has the connection to the Hart family as well because he teamed with Tyson Kidd, who is married to Natalia, and he spent plenty of time around them. So I'm sure he met plenty of the family. He's probably heard plenty of the stories. So Owen probably means just as much to him as, you know, as just about anybody else as well. Um, Cesaro has got to be the front runner, in my opinion. I think that's the biggest person. I mean, no, not really. The biggest person that you could throw into a random uh, signing would be probably Bray Wyatt, if we're talking free agents. However, they're not going to debut Bray Wyatt as a mystery opponent to Samoa Joe in a tournament style. He's going to have his own moments, so it's not going to be him. Um, yeah, I got, I got to say it's Cesaro, man. Okay. Justin, does your opinion change, or is it still going to be Cesaro? No, 100% Cesaro. Uh, you know Tony Khan has his eye on him. Uh, definitely a, a big game changer, uh, possibly for AEW. And with the uh, acquisition of Ring of Honor by Tony Khan, Cesaro could help out with that company as well and crossover between the two. Uh, I really just want to see Cesaro uh, in a big program, in a main event. I, I don't know if he'll win the world title if he is in AEW. Maybe maybe he'll have a world title run in, in Ring of Honor. Who knows? But Hell, while you're at it, sign Chris Hero and bring back the Kings of Wrestling. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering where Chris Hero is, because he's just been kind of off the map for two years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also selfishly just want to see Samoa Joe and Cesaro, but that's just me. (laughs) It's okay to be selfish sometimes. Yeah, that would be a great match. And I don't really think that's selfish because usually AEW gives the fans what they want. Right. Lee, do you, do you stay with David Hartsmith in your pick? 
I do, even though like I know it's not like, oh my God, star power there sort of deal. Um, it's, the, I think, it's the family connection for you. Yeah, it's the family connection. I'm a huge Owen Hart fan. I'm actually going to break some news right now. You guys know I'm a huge Owen Hart fan. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of unique items, a lot of signed things. I recently came across a very well-known collector, Mark Bushy. Not don't mean to name drop or anything. Um, I've been on his podcast too, which is cool. He's a big he's a big collector. Um, he had slides from 1992 uh, for WWF magazine. How this kid gets this stuff, I have no idea, but I am very happy. I purchased a rocket owen hart slide of him jumping off the ropes off the top rope so i'm a huge again like i said i'm a huge owen hart fan um i would love i would love to get a owen hart signed hasbro but five thousand dollars is a little steep for my pockets right now so that would have to wait but uh i'm a huge owen fan so like just like even like the little bit of, of history with, you know, Jeff Hardy being the only one in this tournament to have actually wrestled Owen Hart to me is like really cool, which in my eyes has me wanting to see him win the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to stick with with Davy Boy Smith Jr. Um, just for family purposes and stuff like that. Yeah, it's not as big of a draw as say like a Cesaro would be. But the nostalgia factor that it would give the tournament, I feel like, would give it that much more credibility for the hearts and everything like that, with it being outside of WWE, especially the way that WWE did Smith dirty. He wrestled one dark match, and then Nick Khan released him. Like, I would have liked to have known what they were going to do with him. Like, it seemed like they were in the middle of a big debut for him. Yeah, and then it just never happened. Mm-hmm. So I think that would be really cool to see. Uh, but that's I'm gonna, I'm going to stick with with Davy Boy Smith, Harry Smith, you know Harry Hart, whatever he goes by now in the wrestling world. Uh, I, I'd love to see him be part of it. I, again, I said I'd love to see anyone in the Hart family be part of it. Uh, you know, but Brett has gone on record saying he has not been asked to be part of it at all. And I know that he and Martha had a falling out because he was really pushing for her to allow Owen in the Hall of Fame for WWE to use footage and this and that. And it's not part of it's part of it's also got to be that AEW also thought that they couldn't legally speak to Brett for, you know, this amount of time now, too, because there was those those reports going out that they thought Brett was under contract with WWE. Yeah, th- thanks, Uncle Dave, on that one. Because then it turned out it was just a merchandise deal type deal. Yeah. So, so there's that. But yeah, I'm sticking. I'm sticking with Smith on that, and I'm going to pick for the sole purpose of he's the only one to wrestle him, Jeff Hardy. John, who do you think is going to win the AEW Owen Hart Cup tournament? I think that if Cesaro is in it, I don't see him losing. Um, if he's not, 
um because i also look at it like this the the joker is facing samoa joe in the first round and having somebody like cesaro fill that spot it, you're talking about beating samoa joe in the first round and uh I'm not too sure about that. So your pick might be a little bit more logical. I think we, I think the rest of us just selfishly want to see Cesaro be, <laughs> be in that spot. Um, but uh, if Cesaro's in it, then he'll win. Uh, if not, I could see them giving this to somebody like Darby Allen. Um Darby Allen is facing Jeff Hardy in the first round, so that would be, you know, your your pick would be out. But um, this might be a good opportunity for them to put over somebody like Darby Allen that I really think, you know, has been losing a little bit of steam. I think he was hot with uh C with his uh match with CM Punk at at All Out, and then uh. I think he's lost a little bit of his steam. So I think that winning this Owen Hart Cup might be a uh, might be a good thing for him. So if Cesaro's not in it, uh, I'm going to go with Darby Allen. All right. Looks like you and I are going one-on-one. <laughs> Alex, how about you? Who wins? So I'm going to go with similar to John, I'm going to go with an underdog pick and I'm going to go with who I think is actually going to win. I've got to say that for whoever's going to actually win, I think it's going to be the Joker pick. I think we're going to see whether it's David Hartsmith or Cesaro or even a bigger name than that. I have a feeling that we're going to see them come in with a bunch of momentum behind them because obviously the debuting superstar is going to have momentum going behind them. Um, my underdog pick, though, because I've watched this man in another company. I've watched him in Lucha Underground be one of the top stars over there. And I've I've seen that he's had the momentum to carry uh, a company on his back before. My underdog pick for winning the company is actually going to be Ray Phoenix. Wow. All right. That's a curveball. Okay. Justin, how about you? So initially, I was going to say I feel like I'm in the minority and I was going to say uh, Adam Cole could win the whole thing. But the more I'm kind of sitting here and hearing you guys talk and think about it, I think they're more down the route of half baseball. Uh, so I, I just, I'm just pulling up the bracket in front of me just to get an idea of where we're going in this tournament. Uh. I think I'm going to go with the Joker. I think I'm going to stick with Cesaro, and I'm going to say the Joker. Uh, Darby Allen was a good pick, uh, John, like you said. Uh, if it, My guess, it's it's going to be Darby Allen and Adam Cole uh, in the semifinals, because it looks like that's the way the bracket matches up. But uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Cesaro. Okay. All right. I'm cool with that. Y'all sleeping on Jeff Hardy. I'm, so I guess Jeff Hardy's going to be an underdog in this. Man's too old. But, he doesn't need the victory. Nah, you watch your mouth, young man. I love Jeff. I love the Hardys. I just met them with you recently. But for sure. for God's sakes, the man's in his 40s. He doesn't need he doesn't need the win. He's he's a top superstar no matter what. 
Now, now let me throw this at you, Lee. So um, Jeff Hardy making it to the finals would mean that Jeff Hardy is in the finals at double or nothing. They just teased on this past Dynamite the Hardy boys in the ring with the Young Bucks. Now, would you rather see Jeff Hardy in the finals of the Owen Hart Cup, or would you rather see the Hardys and the Young Bucks? I'd rather see Jeff Hardy at the finals. Oh, I, knew, boy. I knew he was going to say that. I knew he was going to say that. Nope. You are you are not changing my mind on this oh. one. Oh, well. As a wife. I was going to say, Jeff's got a history with Owen, and with Owen being Lee's favorite, there's yep. no way he was going any other way. Nothing <laughs> is changing my mind on that one. I If the Young Bucks had titles and they were on the line, that might be able to persuade me to change my mind, but it's only still under a 50% chance. I'm, it would never get to 50, 50, but it would, it would, it would raise, it would raise one eyebrow. Like I'm Dwayne, the rock Johnson. So no, I, I'm sticking to my guns, Jeff Hardy due to the tie with Owen Hart. And I'm gonna leave it at that. Justin looks like he's nauseous in response to your response. Well, no, that's I'm because he knows. No, that's because he knows that the real wild card is very nice, very evil. Yes, he did no. it. He did the thing. Anyway, I, what I was going to say is, Give me your shoes. I hope your dreams of Jeff Hardy going to the finals come true. But you Give better hope. You better hope Sting's not at ringside with Darby Allen during that match. There will be no sting. Give me your shoes. Uh, John, so part two of messing with all of our co-hosts uh, features Mr. Justin Largito. He, um, we like to he bring does up. does not his... like me. Yeah, no, actually, uh, Danhausen's his favorite wrestler ever. So no, we like not. to, we like to bring up Danhausen as much as we possibly can on the show. So Justin, right now. We, we, we like to, we like to tribute Danhausen as much as we can on every show just for Justin, because, you know, we know that he loves and appreciates his work of art. I was not, I wasn't too familiar on Danhausen just over the last couple months. I have gotten to know Danhausen. Um, I think he's hilarious. He's very nice. Very evil. Yeah. I found Doink the Clown funnier. You know, maybe your maybe Dink the Clown is your favorite because you know you guys tend to tend to share a name. Justin's not allowed to speak anymore. Justin's been muted. <laughs> he muted him. What? I can't hear you, brother. What's going on? <laughs> you mess with Dan Housen, you mess with the host. And the uh, host holds the mute button uh that's incredible so uh well lee i'm gonna mention one more thing because i know you're gonna start breaking down the end of the show here soon but i kind of wanted to give everybody who might be listening next week um an incentive to kind of uh listen in and pay attention both next week and in the coming weeks after so next week we are going to be starting a new segment on the show it's going to be called what if and what if is going to be a series of uh, what ifs, obviously, in professional wrestling. Um, if if this specific thing in pro wrestling history 
happened or did not happen, what would have happened here, going down the road, so on and so forth. And next week, our first topic is going to be what if Kevin Nash and Scott Hall never left WWE or WWF at the time for WCW to form the new world order. We figured that was a very good place to start. It opens up a lot of ideas to come in. Um, and then going forward, and I'm going to include this in our Facebook post tonight when we post up the show, going forward, I want to kind of, when we have our podcast being posted, I would like to see all of you fans listening post your opinions of what you think we should do for the next week's following What If segment. And if we can get enough traction going with this, whichever topic has the most votes in that week, we will do for the following week's show. I think that's going to be a fun one, guys. Absolutely. And there's a cat. He thinks he he thinks it's going to be fun too. Yeah, I've I've been thinking uh, thinking about that subject for the last few days after you mentioned it. There's just so much to unpack. I have some stuff to say next week. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a fun one. So don't miss the first episode of what if next week yeah it's gonna be uh quite the episode and it's gonna be uh one where you get on the couch grab a drink sit back and enjoy ladies and gentlemen this has been another awesome episode of perched on the top rope i want to thank john lugo for coming on and john take this time Plug your page. Tell everybody what it's about. Uh, I've, I've plugged it throughout the show. So if you haven't already gone and checked his page out, what are you waiting for? John, take it away, my man. What are you waiting for? Do it. Thank you, guys. Uh, so I've been running this page for the last couple months. Um, I have a background in journalism. So I've, I've covered pro wrestling before. Um, I got a full-time job and I wasn't able to do it as much. And I just kind of argued with people on uh, Facebook discussion groups. And I had enough people tell me that they liked my insight on things that, you know, I figured it was a good idea for me to get back into it. So I kind of just run this page just kind of for fun. Um, I, kind of try to approach it from a different way. Um, a lot of pages I see copy and paste a lot of these news stories that come out. So I like to give people more than that. So I not only give them the, the story, but I try to throw in my common sense in there and uh, give people another, uh, another outlook on it. Um, because some of these things, like if you if you think about it, you know, they just don't make sense or like things are taken out of context. Um, so I like to I I like to give people just a different opinion, just a different outlook on it. So uh, that's what my page is all about. It's called Ramblings of a Wrestling Fan. Uh, it's grown significantly in these first couple months. Um, I can't thank the people that follow me enough. And uh, I appreciate anybody that comes on and checks me out after this. Yeah, and fans, please do. I am a fan of the page myself. And I can tell you as a reader 
of ramblings of a wrestling fan. John does a fantastic job with his writing. If you're somebody who has to explain something to a wrestling fan without giving proper context or anything like that, it is confusing. They don't know what's going on. I would tell that fan, you know, who's trying to tell someone, tell them to go to this page because he explains stuff part of the storylines that lets fans know who may have never aren't caught up on what's going on with a certain storyline. Or if you're a new fan, reading his stuff is literally the best way to go. And I'm not saying that uh, as like a hype man or anything like that. I'm saying that as a general fan of the page itself, because I've been there where I don't know what's going on. And you read what John writes, and it's clear. Then you have a complete understanding. If you're someone who's new to wrestling, this is the page I would tell you to go because John goes in such depth. It's incredible. It's awesome. Please visit Ramblings of a Wrestling Fan. John, thank you for coming on, my man. It was great to have you on. Again, we, we talked in the beginning. For those who don't know, John and I used to work together when I lived on Long Island. Uh, we both didn't like the job, but we were both pretty good at it. And Only two people in that whole office knew what a people's elbow drop was, and it was the two of us. Yep, and that was the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Yep, and, and here we are. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of Perched on the Top Rope. You can check us out on YouTube at youtube.com slash perched on the top rope for all those awesome interviews with the good brothers, Booker T, Jake the Snake Roberts, and more. YouTube.com slash perched on the top rope. You can find us anywhere and everywhere podcasts are found from Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Red Circle, Podbean, Podbay. You name it, we're there. Perched on the top rope. You can find us at Facebook. Perched on the top rope, we're coming close to that 10,000 like. Somebody please be that 10,000 one for us. There'll be something really cool for you if you're it. We're also on Twitter at Perched Top Rope because Perched on the Top Rope is too long. You can find us on Instagram at Perched on the Top Rope Podcast. And you can also find us on TikTok where we do and recreate the Selena scenes with the greatest moments in professional wrestling history. And that includes WrestleMania 32 with Zack Ryder winning the Intercontinental title. You can't change my mind that it was not one of the greatest moments. But if that's not your forte and you want to see former WCW to the Taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan, get humped by a dog. That's right. I said the Taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan, get humped by a dog. It's on TikTok at Perched on the Top Rope. And if you like WWE 2K22 whether it's PC or Xbox. We're planning on coming back next week, starting with the streaming once more. Follow us on Twitch okay. at Perched on the Top Rope. Twitch Ladies... TV slash Perched on the Top Rope, to be exact. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of Perched on the Top Rope. And remember, spoiler freeze, the way to be. We're out. Mm-hmm.